welcome to Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice. I am Paul Russo. I had to fire Nick Felice. No, I'm just kidding. Nick Felice is here. Uh, we'll get to firing wrong people for your losses here in just a few minutes. But uh, Nick, good to see you. Uh, it, I'm disappointed in mostly myself, admittedly. Uh, we were in the same spot on Saturday, quite literally, like technically feet apart from each other. Uh, oh yeah, but uh, we didn't we didn't get to each other. Big sad about that, but um, yeah. it was fun to be, at least for me, back out in in the field, remotely and and at a sporting event. Well, nice haircut, by the way. Thank you. Uh, yeah, uh, you were the you were big time. You got to sit upstairs in the press box. And I was downstairs with the Palmac coordinators. <laughs> <laughs> but thank goodness for that press box because it was uh, freezing out that day. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a fun fact. That's the first time I ever was in that press box. Really? Never been. It's not, of my going not bad. Not bad. It's 10 years old now. Oh, yeah. No. Wait. Yeah, 10 years old now. So oh, that wasn't the press box we grew up with? No. No. That was the one that was there to your senior year. So they put their press box in when they made the field? Yes. Right. Yeah, the old press box. <laughs> I call it old, and press box a very general term, but... Uh, so this is going to be a nice dosage of history where it doesn't matter category. But the old Brockfield, where it was the natural grass. So for those who maybe don't know what we're talking about, Brockfield's the field here at Minders Academy in Santa Falls, the, uh, the public high school <laughs> in Santa Falls. Uh, used to be an all-natural grass surface. Ten years ago, uh, my senior year of high school into Nick's senior year of high school, uh, Big capital project, made it turf, redid everything, new bleachers and a press box. Uh, where the new press box is, is the opposite side of the field of where the old press box is. And when I mean that I call the old press box a like hunting tower, it pretty much was that. It was like, I believe if I remember right, three separate spots, all literally like this, pretty much. I think you had to climb up via ladder if I remember right if I remember correctly to get to the boxes and each box could hold maybe 3 people. <laughs> it wasn't exactly. I remember being in even in like 6th, 7th, 8th grade and being like that thing doesn't seem structurally sound. <laughs> and um to be fair, I think even at the end they weren't even like really using it. Like you were just in the Bleachers. I think if you were doing press or or being a coordinator if, if in the football situation of things. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, we went off track early. It don't it don't matter. We're, we're in our regalia. But yeah, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I didn't know. But I didn't know. See, I did public address for Binders football in 2016, 2017, and been in the box a couple times since for broadcast uh when we were doing like lacrosse games a couple springs ago for a couple and in the spring you don't really need the heat as much because like it gets to like 60 and you're like this is the greatest thing ever right so but I remember the heat not being super great when I was doing the PA stuff for football you know now eight seven eight years ago and so, like, I definitely overdressed in terms of, like, warmth layering-wise for the game. I, and, like, I remember I wore wool socks Saturday, too, because I was like, I don't know what's going to be like up there. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> we got about 
So we did our, our pregame stuff. That was about five minutes combined with, like, the PA stuff that they were doing uh, at Brockfield. And I was sweating, like, probably 10 collective minutes into our broadcast. So you were the PA I was just when? Yeah. 16 and 17, right out of college. Fun fact, fun fact did you know I yeah. was the PA announcer for uh, Minder softball in 2008 and 2009? That's right, you were. I do remember that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Don't uh, know why. I think it was well, – I don't know why I fully remember that, but I remember um, – I remember it was – it might have been because it was, like, when they first did the press box over the softball field. And I think that's kind of why I remember. Well, I got cut from the Miners Academy baseball team. Michael Jordan asked, uh, but uh, Modified, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I had some, nothing to do, so I announced the softball team. You had tennis. Oh, so so not 2008. You're right. I played tennis in 2008. Yeah, wait a second here. So 2009, only one year. I guess it was only one year. Maybe you had a couple spot starts in in, in eight. You know, like when a prospect calls up, you know, he just, we need a spot start from an arm, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I played tennis in seventh grade. Didn't play anything eighth grade, so I announced him. So 2009, just the one season. I, I thought that. it was just one season, but yeah. uh, not I sure how they did. Apologize for the fact check there. And messed up a lot of names. Was it the varsity team? Yeah, this was the varsity team. Oh, they were at least contending in sectionals then, for sure. Had the same soundtrack, Heart of a Champion by Nelly. <laughs> yeah, not oh. not much has changed in that in that form, that's for sure. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Nelly though. I don't I, don't I had like four songs and I kept playing the same damn song. <laughs> <laughs> we we have gone we aren't all of like six minutes into this deal and we are off the rails. Hey. But uh hey, we're that's PA, the beauty of PA it. Yeah. I mean we're former PA announcers of respected minder sports. Who now do stuff here at FL1, and uh, you handle the beat over at the Times. I mean, who would have thought? Yeah, Not me. You're the Geneva guy now. Nah. You're, used to be the, you're, to be the Geneva you're a finger leak. You're a Finger Lakes guy. Finger Lakes guy, but we do Wayne. Yeah. We do Wayne County. Yeah, it's fin- they're part of Finger Lakes. Yeah. I mean, they're they're in the region. Got them credit. Okay. Uh, quickly. Oh, well, not, no. not quite. I have to handle podcast business first. Ah. Uh, so thank a couple of sponsors for today's podcast. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been candidate was hometown dentist for more. There we go. I got the proper thing there for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry implants and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at candywithdentistry.com, or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram and Finger Lakes Partners Insurance. Get the insurance you need from the people you know at Finger Lakes Partners Insurance, the Finger Lakes Insurance Agency for your home, auto, or business. You can get a no-obligation quote today at fingerlakesinsurance.com. Yeah, let's 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 get back to the actual football matters of of the day here, Nick. Um, <laughs> we're finally done with Europe for the year. Is it? Um, yeah. We got Mexico still. Well, we got Mexico, even though they don't technically call consider it part of the international series, which whatever. Really? Uh, cr- yeah. Uh, but I want to start here uh, quickly, only because I think it's worth talking about. Little news got dropped today that Mac Jones has apparently lost the locker room, which no shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, Mac Jones probably done in New England. Um, as much as I love Bailey Zappi because I'm a sicko, shout out to Western Kentucky, his alma mater. Uh, don't think he's the answer. I 
stand by my stance. I don't think this is a great quarterback draft coming up. If you're the Patriots, you really are longing for the days somehow of just having Brian Hoyer under center, center I feel like. Or bring Brady back. Yeah, yeah. Imagine if they brought Brady back. It'd be wild. Wild. Matt Castle? Matt Castle, any of them. Yeah. Um, just not Mac Jones. Not Mac Jones anymore. I mean, so he, they came out that he lost the locker room. What does that That's mean? The way it sounds. What's that mean? No one likes him? Um, I mean, it can mean that it can't like lost trust between teammates. Um, I always feel like when a player loses a locker room, it they're just kind of they're kind of over your play. You know, we we've heard of like coaches losing locker rooms, right? Like Josh McDaniels lost the Raiders locker room, for example, right? And we know what that means. In that sense, when a player loses a locker room, especially one that doesn't have a captain's patch I, I i just i don't know yeah like you just you, know? said, you said josh mcdaniels i mean that's huge when a coach loses a locker room because a lot of time in football or in pretty much any sport they re- especially football they rely on can you play for your coach and when you lose the respect for the coach the players aren't going to play as hard for you now when you lose respect i guess quarterback would be the next biggest thing to lose uh respect for mm-hmm. i think after a head coach and yeah probably when you lose respect for your quarterback nobody wants to play for you so you got you can't play him you can't start him don't know where he, he's probably got to get a new scenery you know go somewhere else um i mean it's a mess right now with the patriots i think for the first time in our lifetime the patriots are in tank mode uh, it's just wild. I mean, they haven't been great. They didn't make the playoffs, what, was it, two years ago? Last year was average. It wasn't ever tank mode. Now they're they're trying to get one of those quarterbacks, which Giants might be in the same boat as well. I mean, you just signed Daniel Jones. They just drafted Mac Jones. I mean, it's just it's an unfortunate situation. You just got to miss uh, – you went up to the plate, and you swung a miss. Mm-hmm. You know, with Mac Jones. I think we followed a couple off with Daniel Jones, but uh, I think at the end of the day, it's a strikeout looking because I didn't see it coming. And uh, um, here we are with both of them. Now in take Well, I, I, think, I think the Daniel Jones situation is vastly different than the Mac situation. I think Mac, one, needs a new scene, scenery. Um, I'm not completely off the Mac boat but prospects aren't looking good. I mean, here's the issue I have with some of these young quarterbacks with New England. Uh, We saw a little bit of Jimmy G in those moments. Uh, I guess maybe in a way kind of go back to like Matt Castle, to be completely honest. Um, Not to say that they're living up to him or maybe even like where I think I want to go with it, where it's like they're basing them off of Tom Brady, but you have that run right of Tom Brady and you had that year of Matt Castle where they missed the playoffs at 10 and 6 or whatever it was um with him as a backup it was just a year where Miami was just that much better and you know whatever but I how can I put this okay the Spurs don't expect Victor Wambayama to be Tim Duncan. They expect him to be Victor. Just how like they expected Tim not to be David Robinson. Mm-hmm. 
right? And we saw what the Spurs went through to get to Victor and how we're early in the year, but it looks like it may not be a title this year, but we know that they're probably going to be in the playoffs <laughs> type, type deal. I don't, like I said, I don't maybe necessarily think that they expect Mac Jones to be Tom Brady. But where I do think they expect it in that sense is the, how he operates, how he goes about business. And you just aren't going to get that. Mac Jones, first-round pick. Tom Brady was picked or 199, as we all know. Yep. Right? Jimmy G, high-end draft pick. You know, Matt Castle, mid-round pick. They expect these guys – to be Tom. They are going to be Tom. You know, sure, this will sound cliche, right? They're their own person. They aren't going to be Tom. But even then, we've seen Jimmy go elsewhere and make, you can make the case, right, that he probably a tad overrated for what we expect. Sure, I'm in that category. I think he's a really good quarterback. But you want to know what? At the end of the day, he went out to San Fran. He got the job done there more times than not. Made a Super Bowl. You know, made a Super Bowl. Honestly, <laughs> it's kind of funny watching the, the way this fan base is reacting this year. It's going to be funny to see if they have remorse towards him, right? But it's very apparent that Jimmy G wasn't the problem with the Vegas Raiders this year. <laughs> um, it's not Max Crosby either. No. And, you know, Brian Hoyer, career backup quarterback. Matt Castle had really two years flash in the pan. That one year with the Chiefs was was all right. But – he just never could live up to that contract that the Chiefs ended up giving him. Look, I think Matt goes to probably another team, flies under the radar a little bit. Now, some of these teams are have their locked up. Like The stereotypical response to this would be like, say he goes to Houston, right? But that's not the case anymore. Where does that turn into be? I don't know. Maybe like in Arizona. Seems like they're ready to move on from Kyler, obviously. We know that. And... But they're one and all this year with them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Just make you aware. <laughs> I'm aware. I know they're aware too. <laughs> uh, so you know, I don't, maybe he just goes to a team right and just flies on the radar for a couple of years, resets where it's like he can go, gets paid decent money to go be a starter again somewhere, you know, and does it. Do I think he's great? Probably not. Yeah, you know, I certainly don't think we're dealing with the top 25 of all time type type deal you know but to, to throw him in this bin as a bust the way some people are I think it's ridiculous don't think it's fair Daniel Jones we've talked about this that poor kid can't, can't couldn't have an offensive line he was in this year to protect him and uh again I know it's not you you're you're one of the people who uh you've been able to really compartmentalize what this year has been for the Giants uh, luckily, you aren't singing the praises of Tommy DeVito, <laughs> but and nobody is. But uh, the fact that there's a lot of people thinking that like the Giants need to move on from Daniel Jones, like, are you nuts? Like, and I'm not saying again, I don't, I'm not saying he's great, but I live through it. You don't let go of a good quarterback because you let your own ego, your own hubris, get in the way. Cousins. Yes, <laughs> I'm talking about Kirk Cousins in this situation. Kirk Cousins was after RG3? Yes. Well, same time, but yeah. Who did the quarterback they get after Kirk Cousins? Wentz? Who was it? 
Why oh, did wow. Move? Why did they move um, t- Well, technically it was Alex Smith. Oh. <laughs> that lasted six weeks. And then it became Mark, San- Mark Sanchez, Josh Johnson. Uh, who else came in there? I forget who the rest of the year. That Kyle Allen. Um, and then Dwayne Haskins, RIP. You understand where I'm going with this, folks. Please, I'm begging you. Like, this is why people need to pump the brakes on like the whole entire like trade deck or trade Daniel Jones or like any of these quarterbacks. Would you? I know it's only you about know. half a year, but would you put Sam Howell in that same category? I mean, he's leading the league in passing yards, isn't he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sam Howell's Washington's quarterback of the future. Got to be anyway. But yeah, I mean. Succeeded my expectations for the year already as is. Again, you want to talk about a guy who I'd love to see what he'd have with a halfway decent line in front of him. <laughs> but uh, whatever. We're, we're going really off the rails here. You got to talk Bills. Yeah. Um, that loss Monday night. Um, one, not to go too far ahead, but now this makes Sunday – <laughs> I think it's beyond a must win. I mean, it's a must win, but play it's who? the Jets. Yeah, 100%. and you know, we've seen Jets aren't great, but I don't want to play them <laughs> because they just hang in there for whatever reason. They're great that's the last thing you want to do. Football. Well, they're still the third best defense in the league, or sixth best, I think. But but. You know, yeah, great, I mean, great and awful does not equal no. great. So that's what I mean. Like their defense literally is just keeping them in games to the point that, look, say what you want, Zach Wilson's been decent enough that when push has come to shove, he's been able to get the ball downfield in the closing minutes of a game. Don't they play the Chiefs too? Yeah, yeah, they still. Yeah, Buffalo's got Buffalo has the toughest remaining schedule the rest of the way. They have the Chiefs. They have the Eagles. They they do finally get their bye week here in a couple weeks. They already but, have the toughest conference. Yeah. Maybe division. the top, I don't, not the toughest division. I still think it's the Browns division. It's the toughest division. Is hold on, pause the AFC conference thing. I want to go back to that if we have a couple minutes. So oh. yeah, I just rewinded. Yeah, uh, that was that. That's what that sound was. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have the best conference. All right, let's do this now. Do you want to jump in? Let's do this now. Then, are we sure that the AFC is actually the best conference and not just a conference full of like? good teams who just are, like, all upon each other. Because yeah. I got to be honest with you, and we've said it on here a ton, are the Chiefs as good as they have been? No. Are the Bengals as good as they have been? No. Clearly the Bills aren't. The Dolphins appear to be a little bit of maybe fool's gold to a certain degree, but good. But if we have an you know. Avengers Endgame war here, oh boy. and you send the equal teams at each, at each, you know, like the 15th team takes on the, the 14th. Sure. If they all went at each other, I think the AFC would win all majority of them. I don't think so. Really? Don't think so. Chiefs, Eagles. Eagles. Why? We just saw the Super Bowl. <laughs> this year? We're talking this year, Nick. Not last year. We're talking this year. All right. Eagles have been unchanged since last year. The Chiefs have changed since last year. <laughs> Panthers, Patriots. Okay, we might have found the one, but <laughs> we might have found the one. Falcons, who are they playing? Uh, Falcons would be. 
Falcons would have to be. <laughs> Paul, you're going off the rails again. I know I am not, but you. But we've we've started this game now. We have the Eagles would be or no, the the Falcons have to be the Colts, right? I have no idea. We already saw how that went. <laughs> Titans? Out. Either way, uh, let's get back on track. Bills. Bills, Bills have Bills. someone fired? Yeah. Ken Dorsey, offensive coordinator. Finally. Gone. Now, I'll say what I said yesterday. Did a change have to be done at offensive coordinator? Probably yes. In fact, definite yes. Was this week the week to do it? And that's a definite no. Interesting. What happened this past weekend was not on Ken Dorsey. Could you make a couple play calls where they could be the case? Sure. But that's kind of coaching in general, where you kind of wish maybe you had a couple back. Lord knows how many times I'd rather have sent a runner at this point when I've been coaching third in baseball when I haven't, or how many times I sent a guy when I probably shouldn't have and I wish I had those back. Part of life. But the way it was done yesterday and the timing of the way it was done yesterday, and now the comments made today by Sean McDermott make it seem like Ken Dorsey was a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. And the way McDermott's comments were today, which if you haven't heard, I'm going to kind of just do it verbatim here. here. I'm going to do it verbatim here and not quote for quote. Put in McDermott's voice, please. Well... (laughs) I can't do a good McDermott, admittedly. Do it in McDaniel, uh, McDaniel's voice, please. Mike McDaniel? Yeah. <laughs> but I have to sprint. <laughs> uh, more or less, change had to be done. Offense needs to get more in tune with the way the culture is of the locker room as a whole. And you want to know what that tells me? Sean McDermott, you're probably not long for the Buffalo Bills head coaching job at this point. Ooh. And I don't like saying that at this point because I thought a lot of the stuff this year where I I didn't necessarily put McDermott on the hot seat, but I put this team at at a crossroads of the year, right, the way the past couple years have gone down. But you hired Ken Dorsey, okay? What do you mean the cultures weren't in line? That's on you as a head coach. That's not on an offensive coordinator. That's on you as a head coach. And I don't, like I said, Dorsey, probably not the right fit at this point. But how does a guy go from being interviewed for head coaching jobs this past offseason to being fired week 10? Makes no sense to me. None. Mm-mm. Something's off. And I've been saying this for a while now at this point, whether on camera, behind the scenes, behind a mic, somebody's ego or egos are getting in the way somewhere there now at this point, whether it's the fact they've been trying to shovel it and funnel it into digs too much or Josh Allen thinking he's probably better than he is at this point, or very clearly to me, McDermott's got some sort of ego going on too. That's my opinion of it. Right. So, and if you were to tell me, we'd be sitting here on November 15th, with the Bills at 500 at the beginning of the year, would have laughed at you. Would have laughed at you. Six and four? Yeah, sure, maybe. That's just the way football is. But the way we've seen this five and five play out, <laughs> they're damn lucky they aren't three and seven. They're two plays away 
from being literally three and seven on the year. The Giants, and that's game, no, and what other that's game? no kidding. The Giants game where it's a missed defensive pass interference call in the end zone. And again, maybe that one's a little bit different because you don't know what actually happens to play after. So maybe really it's four and six. But that Buccaneers game, you're oh, yeah. you're Chris you're Chris Godwin you're a Chris Chris Godwin head turn when he should be turned around looking for the ball anyway, away from from being from being four and six. Three and seven. Well three and seven, four and six. Depends the way you want to view how a defensive they should have lost how the a free play would how a free play would go. But yeah, yeah. And you know, they were never in that Denver game this past Monday. Sure, they got the win, or they were up one time, but they didn't seem in it. You know, I know I. It's one of those things where I don't think you clean house. I think there's too much talent laying around there to clean house, like you would have back in the day. But I think going into this off season, if I'm Brandon Bean or Terry Pagula. Whoever's the one actually pulling the strings at this point, you're going to have to do some decisions. If they aren't more or less being done already, you have to make those decisions. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? They're going to bring back Rex Ryan and Tyrod Taylor. Oh. But, yeah, not not going well for Buffalo right now. Um, And at this point, I don't think – one, they're not even going to make the playoffs. And two, they're not even going to finish over 500 the way the schedule is. wild, yeah. Like, this is going to be a uh, a great case for the most disappointing team this year is the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, in your hides, it's obviously the Giants since you had them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I messed, uh, I messed up there. <laughs> but uh, Did I do Bills-Giants as my Super Bowl pick? I might have. I can't oh God. The hell is the matter? I think you might have gone Chiefs. Oh, I probably have. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that'd be some pick, though. Not, is, to, not to get on sidetrack, but imagine if you picked the Giants in the Super Bowl. and they get can, the I, can I pose a quick question to you? Is this Bell's team the most disappointing team of the last, like, 15 years? Hmm. Just expectations for what we have for them and just not living to them. Out of just the NFL? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have to really think about it. Could be. Got a case to be. Um, the only the only other team I can kind of think of that might kind of contend for that spot might be a couple of those, like, Detroit teams. But we just kind of chalk it up to Detroit being Detroit at that point. But even then, they had Stafford and they had they had Calvin Johnson. But like they, outside of them, it was like a lot of really good role guys. Not in the way that the Bills have some of this talent. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think the most wasted talent in NFL history is Larry Fitzgerald. Now those Cardinals actually. Until they got Car- yeah. Kurt Warner the one year. and Carson Palmer even, too, later on. Yeah, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald didn't really have anybody real in throwing the ball. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, maybe those teams, but they went to the Super Bowl, so can't be them. 
Uh, yeah, I can't think of anything at the top of my head, but uh, very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, more dis- – I mean, last year was a great season. I mean, disappointing they didn't win it, obviously. But the expectations weren't nearly as high as last year, though. Last year was the Bills or Super were the Super Bowl favorites. This year they were uh, the top five. I mean, they're they're in the mix. But last year was the big Super Bowl. They're going to win it because they just played in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I don't know. I it wasn't. I think it was the AFC Divisional Round. I think it was. I think it was the year before it was the Championship game. They lost the the, the back and forth Chiefs game the year before. Mm-hmm. But anyway, disappointing. Yeah, if that's what you're trying to get out of me here. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think it was an, a fair question we could have asked. Um, trying to think of the other stuff. Detroit Chargers. That was a fun game that we see Detroit. By the way, the way it's played out right now. Oh, that's right. Other news that ended up breaking this morning. Anyway, Sean Watson out for the year. Um, hasn't been great anyway, but. It's interesting to me, and I'm very intrigued to see. I've already talked to my guy Nick, and not this Nick, obviously. <laughs> and he, you know, he, he, I know he was on the road for work today, so he, he couldn't tune in a ton to the stuff reaction-wise, but he heard some. Very funny how some Browns fans are kind of reacting to the Deshaun thing. And although they're different injuries, I find it funny that Deshaun's play with a misdiagnosed shoulder injury is being more... There's more leeway for the fans with the medical staff this time around than there was for Baker last year, or two years ago. That kind of pisses me off, just a little bit. Yeah. Because, and I know, I'm, I'm a... Baker defender, admittedly. But you just drop him your fantasy team. I know. You don't I the Josh Dobbs. But <laughs> how can you defend I don't even know if there's defense the right word, but how can you go after Baker and not the medical staff, or go after the medical staff and not Deshaun this time around? It's wild to me. Easy answer. Well. Money. This guy's the highest paid player I guess. in the league. Well, yeah. yeah. They're going to try to get him out there as best as they can, but clearly he's hurt, so he's going to be out for quite a, well, quite a while. Done so. for the year. Yeah, so he's going to be gone. But they want to they want to play. If they're paying him all this money, play him. But clearly he can't, so that's why. Yeah. It's just it, and they want to be very strange. It's just it's just very strange to me because this is a Browns team that, despite losing Nick Chubb for the year, right? They're he is their best offensive player. Probably is their best player, but I mean Miles Miles. The Garrett, Baker thing last but, year was more. It was definitely a don't let the door hit you on the way out type of situation, which is BS for what Baker did for that did for organization. That. Yeah, so they treated him like ter- they treated him terrible. They did. And now it's funny because there is some buyer's remorse going on. There's been a ton of buyer's remorse from Browns fans. So, I don't know. It's funny because I guess there were some Browns fans like Tom Brady. I'm like, no. If Brady didn't go back for the Vikings, he's not going for Cleveland. I can tell you that. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's get in the picks because I think our other football news uh, ties into more on the college side of things. So, 
Uh, but big week this week coming up. There's a lot of good games. Well, not a lot, but there are, more, there are better games this week than there have been the past couple. What's uh, so the damage? I went 9-5, and five, Nick. You went 5-9. and nine. Ooh. So literally an inverse. So you cut half. So I, I was able to cut four games off of you. You're 93 and 58 now, and I'm 89 and 62. So here I come charging back. Four uh, games back. Yep. The bias for this week. Well, I gave you that Giants one. That's true. You did. You, you did. <laughs> You're welcome. So bias, bias for this week, Atlanta, New Orleans, Indianapolis, New England. Okay. So 14-game slate. We begin Thursday night with Cincinnati at Baltimore. Baltimore, a four-point favorite at home. Well, no Thursday night's going to top last week's Thursday game. That was that was a classic. You need to stop. Uh, but this one I'm going to go with. I think they're playing well, man. I'm going, uh, but they're both. Baltimore really gave away that game last week against the Browns. But I'm going to go Cincinnati in this game. Ooh. I got to go with Baltimore. You have to. T. Higgins out officially. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to want – they really probably want this game after losing to Cleveland. So, yeah. uh, And, again, since he – just a lot on the table this year for me that they haven't done. So, That's right. They did lose last week too. Yeah. Sunday, 1 p.m. No, Like I said, no more Europe. <sighs> Dallas at Carolina. Carolina is getting 10.5 at home. Nick, I know you don't pick them, but please, I'm begging you. Do the, do the right thing here. <laughs> Dallas. I whispered it. Dallas. Dallas. I wanted to be sure I heard, possibly hear that right. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> I, you have to go Dallas here, right? <laughs> like, Unfortunately, yeah. Here's a, a bit of a toss-up game. Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Now, when I wrote this down, it was right before Cleveland's uh, announcement about Watson. At that point, the line was two and a half. Cleveland was giving points. Is that terrible guy going to play quarterback, the one you saw? DTR? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Not P.J. Walker? Not P.J. Walker. Well, if it's DTR, then uh, give me P.I.T. Pittsburgh. I'm, I'm with you, unfortunately. Pittsburgh keeps one of them. I, I want to take – actually, yeah, I'm going to stay with my gut here. I'm taking Cleveland. Is that Canada it. ever going to get I'm taking Cleveland. Yeah, how has he not been? <laughs> I'm taking Cleveland, actually. Screw it. Got to go with my gut here. Their defense is just I can't wait for the I can't wait for this foul to be like 4 to 2 somehow. <laughs> uh Where's defense good? Yeah. Chicago at Detroit. Detroit laying nine and a half. Detroit. Yeah. Chargers at Green Bay. I'm taking Detroit, by the way. forgot to outright mention that. Uh, uh, I like the Chargers at Green Bay. Green Bay is getting three at home. The Chargers have been notorious for being bad, like traveling across the country yeah. team. But you know what? I'm giving Green Bay. Wow. Upset. Yeah, I got to go Chargers here. Um, but to be fair. If that were to go the other way, would not be surprised. <laughs> no. Matt Staley have to go at that point. Uh I don't know. If, I think he's gonna stay out the rest of the year. Alright, fair enough. Fair enough. Um Okay. Arizona at Houston. 
Kirsten giving four at home. Are you really about to do it? I think they're going to have a hangover, Paul. Oh. Great exciting win last week, but I think it's going to be a hangover. I'm going Kyler Murray 2-0, Arizona. Wow. I got to go Houston. Why? Well, <laughs> they're the better team. <laughs> That's good. good reason. No. Uh, <sighs> CJ Stroud is Can you stud. trust Kyler as it currently stands right now? Do you? I I'm not convinced of that, not to interrupt, but he, the way Houston's playing right now is, okay. Playoff team. Have they been playing as great as we perceived them to be? Short answer's no, right? Because look at the, just look at some of these wins, right? Like, look at last week. But the key difference is, at the end of the day, they're wins. That somehow they're coming away with them. I do have to apologize on air to the oh to my Houston Texans. I said they would not win a single game this year. I think around week one, week two. I, I'm I'm dead wrong on there. I think C.J. Yeah. Stroud is a outsized chance at MVP. Call me. Crazy. I was going to say if you want a nice future bet, C.J. Stroud MVP. I think you get some nice odds. So yeah. All right, let's uh, get some rapid fire here through the rest of these, I guess. Tennessee at Jacksonville. Jacksonville, six-and-a-half-point favorite. They got to bounce back. Going Jacksonville. Same. Yeah, Tennessee's just not. They aren't good. Uh, Vegas at Miami. Miami's laying 12-and-a-half. Oof. Yeah. Give me the plus 12-and-a-half, but I'm taking Miami. Okay. Last of the 1 o'clock window, the Giants at the Commanders. It's I want you to take a guess before. I want you to guess the line on this game. Minus seven and a half, Washington. I never thought I'd say this line this year involving the commanders being favorites. Washington is a 10-point favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> never thought I'd say that this year. They might get it. But I'm taking the plus 10. Okay. <laughs> and I'm taking Washington. Oh. I as well. I'm taking Washington. Take mode, baby. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Three late window games, one in the 405 slot. Tampa Bay at San Fran. San Fran, 11 and a half point favorites. Tom Brady's going home. No, wait. That's not, that's not happening. Baker. <laughs> <laughs> Give me San Fran. They look good. Okay. Healthy again. It's true. All right, first of the four twenty fives. Jets at the Bills. Bills are a touchdown favorite. Give me the Bills. Yeah. With you there. I don't think that's covered though. Just as a FYI. A little teaser action. All right. And then the last of the four twenty five, Seattle at the Rams. Rams are a one point dog at home. They also in week one. I think they're gonna bounce back from that. Let's give me Seattle. I'm there with you. I think the unknowns about who's actually going to quarterback is uh, – Could be Puka. Puka at quarterback would be a sight. <laughs> All right, Sunday night football, Minnesota at Denver. Denver's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. What is Denver doing? Get them off of prime time. <laughs> We're so close to flex. <laughs> but they are four and five now. It's true. Uh, altitude gets really high at night, I think. Um <laughs> Uh, give me Denver in this game. I don't think that's quite how that works. Uh, give me Denver. I'm going to take Minnesota. 
read the hot hand of Josh Dobbs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if they do win, we do have to reassess, I think, that Denver team collectively. Yeah, is Justin Jefferson so, back yet? I don't know. It's a, I don't think so. Yeah, but you're right, though. Five and five Denver? Mm-hmm. That's the Bills. And then Monday night, game of the week. Eagles at the Chiefs. Finally have an actual good Monday night game. Super Bowl rematch. Kansas City, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. ESPN's going to blow that game up. Um, Well, you just told me who you were picking. We literally just had it. true. Eagles-Chiefs. And I'm going to prove you wrong. It's the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to win this game because they got the better quarterback, the better coach, the better fan base, the better city. I am taking our compatriots in the NFC East. I'm taking better barbecue. Taking the Eagles. Better cheesesteak. I identify with Jason Kelsey. I identify with Travis Kelsey. Pretty boy. So it's <laughs> the Kelsey Bowl. It is. Who will win, Kylie or Taylor? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk college here, college football for a few minutes. We we went super long on NFL talk today. Um Let's start here. We finally have a kind of answer on Michigan. Um, Jim Harbaugh suspended from being on the sideline. Now the next two games began with the Penn State game, even though he traveled with the team to Penn State. Confusion all around. Um, One, I'll start here with my spot, and then I'll go to allow you to say whatever you feel about it. One, I feel like it's a slap on the wrist from the Big Ten. But two, I think they did that because I'm – guessing the NCAA is going to come with something harsher. Um, yeah, when? It, when? Don't know. <laughs> because now there's some damage control stuff going on. Um, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to read too deep in this. There's reports that Connor Stallions was never cooperating with the NCAA, was cooking his personnel file, which... How is the general public going to know that if not from somebody from the Michigan personnel department talking? What's this fan so, saying? The guy, man, the guy who helped out Michigan finding the signs. What's he? What's he saying? Help Michigan find the signs. The guy that was actually on the sideline, Connor Stallions. Is that he's his? been pretty silent in the grand scheme of it? Yeah, is that his yeah. name? Yeah, no, I thought that's what you said. The name. I thought that might have been yeah. him, but. Yeah, what, so he hasn't said much. No, yeah, he's been in the grand scheme of it silent. Yeah. Well, he, so he he was pretending to be a fan of the other team, and he was still. He would that. buy tickets what, under his own name, by the way. Which, like, if you're gonna do something illegal, yeah, come on, people, be smart. But uh, yeah, I mean, just more or less would do very obvious things about sign stealing. I mean, he had an over 600 page manifesto in his Chromebook. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> But, uh, yeah, uh, I guess my third and maybe final point, more or less, before I turn it fully over to you on this. Um, Within the week, I do laugh because it's like, oh, they're saying that Ohio State, Purdue, I forgot who the other team was that got thrown in on that. Well, they were stealing signs, too. Yeah, no kidding, but they aren't doing it in such a clearly non-overt way. Yeah. Like, it's it, I, I tie a lot of this back to the Astros stuff, and I, I'll go back to it again here, like, one more time. Like, yeah, like, every team in the MLB is stealing signs. Mm-hmm. We aren't dumb, right? But they aren't doing it in such a way that gets you, one, caught, and two, actually, the way you do it is actually illegal. 
Like, like what are we doing? You know? So I think to, like I said, to put the ball on it, slab on the wrist, what are you doing? And I'm guessing the NCAA is going to drop a hammer. Yeah, I don't think they're going to drop the hammer for a while. And, and oh, by the way, not to interrupt, but to go back to something we'll talk about here when we get done with this, Harbaugh's not going to be the Wolverines head coach next year. No. There's no so here's what's gonna sign-stealing thing or not at this point. Slap on the wrist. Didn't do anything. They, even if they win the championship, they're not going to take it away anyway. Uh, probably not. No. Well, no, they can. It's not an NCAA championship. That's true. But uh, the NCAA will come down with something, I bet you, two years from now. Mm-hmm. And after Harbaugh's left, and the people who had nothing to do with it is going to be the ones that are affected by it. So when Harbaugh leaves, which I think could happen at the end of the season. I, I don't think it's a code. I think, it's, I think it is. Say they haven't done anything still, the NCAA. Right. When Harbaugh leaves. Who would want that job? It's a great job. Michigan. Yeah. Big job. But you know a penalty is going to be coming here soon. It's going to be a risky job to take. But – it's a great job to have. You're top of the line in the Big Ten and got a great shot to get, win a national championship. Never will because you're Michigan, but they just don't get the players like the top teams in the SEC. But it's another story. No, they, they do, but they're not as good. Here's the thing. Somebody's going to take that job no matter what because it still is a blue-chip job. I mean, it's a football blue-blood job. But I go back to this, and I, I don't mean to catch you in astray on this, Nick, in terms of fandom, but, like, Michigan, to me, is like Texas, like Notre Dame, like, cool. You have the history and whatever. The hell have you done lately? Like, <laughs> not much in terms of the grand scheme of it, right? Like, it's funny. We'll talk about the A&M thing here in a segment. Like, A&M always talks about they're great. They haven't won any national title in football. You ready for this, Nick? 1939. 1939. Yeah. I agree. Like, <laughs> like, Once it, Notre Dame is in, is in that conversation. Well, but, but it's true. Here's the thing that's the differential between all these programs compared to Michigan. Michigan touts themselves as this, we do it the right way, right way program. We aren't like Texas. We aren't like Notre Dame. We aren't like Alabama, Georgia, who we do all under the table. I don't like their acting Come like the here. victim, too. Yeah. Guess what? Michigan's been one of the dirtiest programs of all time. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, like, people think, like, this is some, like, breaking news for them. No. News for you people. No. Bo Schembechler, overrated as a head coach. Incredibly overrated. Like, and he's from this old school way of like an up north. I don't know what it would be for Michigan. I don't know, freaking squirrel pelts. Like, I don't know. But like, I'll bring up A&M. You want to know how they always have had their money? Oil. Trust me, Michigan's got money coming in from somewhere. Whether it's been the automobile industry or wherever. You know? Like, you aren't as clean and hoity-toity clearly as, well, on this investigation proves, but any, any. And I got news for them. The new Big Ten coming in next year ain't going to be pleasant for them. And I don't want to be that guy. And I know it's the case of what have you done for me lately? 
But guess who slides in as the automatic number two best program in the Big Ten next year? Oregon. I thought you were going Colorado. No. And they're not 12 anyway. (laughs) Well, whatever the Big Ten becomes, I guess I'll keep it as Big Ten, but Big 75. But, and if you're Michigan, you got to be worried because you want to know what? You might not be top three even next year in the Big Ten in terms of program stature. Because of? Washington. I thought you were going to go Oregon State. Well, they're (laughs) two. But either way. Um, Let's talk about A&M. What? Jimbo, what? We're not going to talk about Syracuse's big win in Yankee Stadium. You want to talk about that? has been a lot of winning in Yankee Stadium this year. Do you want to talk about that? Because, goddamn, that was a weird-ass game. (laughs) Uh, But shout out Dan Valari, my guy, tight end, leading rusher, former former backup quarterback at Michigan. (laughs) So, uh, good win. Fantastic win, but uh, doesn't get – easier from here and um as big as wins georgia's i think uh well i think for syracuse's sake here uh more questions and answers about garrett schrader's health so georgia got the big win georgia got a big win and m goes out and quite literally in terms of production has the biggest win in the jimbo fisher era and they fired him the next morning yeah <laughs> And I get it. Maybe the way it's gone down has been what you signed up for, Jimbo, and I get it. But to go back to something I brought up when I said this, you haven't won a national title since 1939. And if you want my complete and honest opinion, you're probably on par with what Syracuse is for a Power Five. You're probably on par for what a Boston College is in a Power Five. You're probably, and they fired their coach too, you're more closer to being on par with Mississippi State in the Power Five mm-hmm. than what you think you are being an Alabama or a Georgia or a Texas or a Oklahoma in a Power Five. Yep. That's just the way it is. What's next you're, for Jimbo? TV. I think TV unless – I don't think – Is his name really I, Jimbo? I think – I don't think Jimbo takes that coaching job unless Michigan State offers him a really good deal, which I don't think they would, just given whatever. What's going on with Michigan State? A lot of I don't, I don't know. This co- coaching carousel is going to be interesting, given the jobs that will be open. We know A&M's open. We know Mississippi State's obviously open now. There's a couple G5s that have become open because Brady Hoke's retiring, even though it was a fall on the sword thing from San Diego State, which is a very good G5 job. Also another very good G5 job, Boise State is available because they fired their coach. Um, We know Michigan State's going to be available. I'm going to put more than likely Arkansas is going to be available, which if my hunch is correct, that won't be available and UCF will be available. Syracuse. I think Gus Malzahn will go back to Arkansas. Syracuse is available. I'm 50-50 at this point. That win did not do, I think, any favors in terms of the – What happened to Pittsburgh? They get murdered by Notre Dame. Yeah, Pat Pat Narduzzi. Pitt Pitt will probably be available if you want my honest opinion. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I don't know what happened there. Why don't you get that job? Pittsburgh. Pitt? I wouldn't mind. I like Pittsburgh. I like the city of Pittsburgh. Hines Field? Mm. Uh, I want want – 
look, the JMA Dome has its limitations, but at least it's on campus. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you could say a lot about some of these stadiums, but thank God they're on campus. Like, hit you actually legit have to go to the other side of town to get to. <laughs> Miami, you have to go to the other side of town to get to. <laughs> like, say what you want, but at least the dome is on campus. Not to get off sidetrack here, but this has been a very sidetrack episode. It, it has. <laughs> uh, did you know the Niners are actually like 40 minutes away from Yeah, the- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Santa Clara is just like. <laughs> Why don't they call it Santa Clara? What, I don't know. What's the it's, like, it's like Miners being called Victor. It's too far. They are the Blue Devils, and they are that's the true. Blue Devils. That's true. Maybe that's where the, the connection is. Connections. I maybe the San Fran thing's kind of just like a area thing, like San Francisco Bay. Yeah. I mean, kind of like how like I mean, Tampa Bay is not actually a place, but you know, all the teams on there are called Tampa Bay. So, I, either way, I don't know. Um, yeah. I anyway go go back to some things. Oh, also, like UCLA might be available. I've seen rumblings that Chip Kelly's probably going to be fired. Really. Which, that's a choice <laughs> if you're a UCLA going into the Big Ten. But, um, yeah. Uh, I would say Minnesota is going to be available, but the year they've had, I don't – I'm not convinced they'll fire P.J. Flock. But, um, yeah, like West Virginia was a job that midseason that everybody had predicted by midseason Neil Brown was going to be fired, and they're more than likely going bowling – and that team's not bad. They aren't great, but they aren't bad. So I don't think West Virginia's going to be necessarily open unless unless they, you know, as we call it, the search firm's call, and Jimbo is intrigued enough by it that they would fire Neil Brown. But I don't know if Jimbo – it would have to be like a job like West Virginia, I think, that Jimbo would, would take, where it's you – aren't, you aren't A-tier name, but you're like that B-tier name that there's history there, you can get good players. Like, look, Morgantown, Morgantown's not the worst college town in the world. <laughs> there, there, are, there are worse ones you could be in. You know, it's not Gaines, well, it's not Baton Rouge. But you aren't, you know, you aren't going to be struggling to find something to do. Yeah. So... And look, I mean, in our lifetimes, West Virginia has always been at minimum competitive. You know, very rarely. Gino. Well, right. I mean, you have Gino to Pat White, you know, Tavon Austin, um, guys like that. You know, but, you know, we laugh, but it's like they, they've had guys. Whatever. Is he West Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. unfortunately. <laughs> Either way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, very funny how guys got fired after wins this week in NCAA foot in the college game. Very weird coaches in general, you know, this catching strays on weeks that they didn't deserve it. Let's get to your picks. Oh, you want to do picks right now? Okay. Oh, it's three twenty-five. That is true. When we need to touch on big brother quick, uh, we are everywhere. Okay. Two and three last week. Not good. We were 29, 31 and two. I've entered Stanford Steve territory where you're better off fading me than, than following me. You were doing so well. Dude. I was. I was. So I'll rattle through these quick. Uh, begin in the CUSA. I have two CUSA games this week. This is where we're off the rails. Jacksonville State minus State at home against Louisiana Tech. Taking Jacksonville State. I'm taking West Virginia. They're at home against Cincinnati. Minus six and a half. Great college time. I'm taking Iowa. Minus three. 
at Illinois. Yeah, they're at Illinois. I think I mistyped it on my other computer, on, the, on my sheet here. Um, but either way, I'm taking Iowa minus three. Western Kentucky minus 12 and a half against Sam Houston, taking the Hilltoppers. In my last game, first time I ventured to this team this year, I'm taking Georgia minus 10 on the road in Tennessee. Interesting. All right. You're right. We're, at, we're, we're against our time. Let's do this in a couple quick minutes here. Big Brother 25 is over. 100 days complete. Jag is our winner. Uh, final three came down to him, Matt, and Bowie Jane. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have expected them, honestly, maybe outside of Matt in the final three. What was your thoughts on the season? And did we, did we get the winner right? Even though I, even though we know the answer to that. Uh, for the final two, yes, I think the winner is right. I mean, Matt played a great game. He was the social part of the game. I mean, him and Jag were a duo. So if you go back to week four, week four, Cameron wins HOH off the pressure cooker challenge, HOH competition. He goes up and puts Jag and Blue on the block, and it stays them. Kitty, kitty purr. It stays them after the veto and veto meeting to nomination night were. Jag goes home unanimously, but Matt used his power that he had won from a fan vote and the challenge that he won the power. And the power is to save and reset the week and save the person evicted, and he saved Jag. And then after that, they became buddies, became number one allies, the Minutemen, the Minutemen Alliance, which became the Mafia with Bowie Jane. Uh, But they played a great game. They played the game together. They took out their opponents one by one. Jag went to the end. He was the he was the strategic. I think he was the strategic and the uh, physical better part of the duo. And Matt was more of the social part. I mean, I think Jag broke a few, he broke a few bridges through his relationships throughout the game. But his speech was a little out of the yeah that was weird. out of normal. He's basically yelling at the jury yeah. of seven. Uh, but I feel like the jury made up their decision before, so I just don't think it, it, it might it might actually hurt him his chances. But end of the day, it was five two vote. Jag wins. Suri and Felicia were the ones that voted for Matt in the end. I think they were just a little bit closer. They respected Matt's game more, especially Felicia Suri, more social players that were not known for challenges or competitions and Big Brother. So they they leaned more towards Matt's game because that was their game. Uh-huh. Um, but you know. Matt played a great game. It was great that Jag won the final HOH and took Matt and didn't take Bowie. Uh, and didn't take Bowie. Made it more interesting final two because either one took Bowie because it was Matt and Jag in the final part of the final HOH challenge. Any of them that took Bowie, I don't think would have been very exciting the last half hour, hour, whatever it is. But it made it made a pretty exciting finale, and the season overall was pretty good. Yeah. Cameron was good. Made it exciting. Uh, Jag and Matt were good. Sari, Survivor Legend, made the season interesting. Felicia was entertaining. There were some good players in the season. There was some bad. There's always some bad. Then you know, Corey, America, you had your showmances. Rat with Matt and Riley. But uh, Heisen was interesting. His drama early was <laughs> his stuff early was great. Entertaining all the way around. I thought the 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 multiverse was kind of cool. Kind of cool theme. Uh, not sure what reindeer games is, but <laughs> we'll <laughs> find out. <laughs> I'm glad Cameron won H uh, fan favorite. I thought that was pretty cool. He made the show most entertaining. He should be the most loved fa- player on the fans by the fans. 
congrats to Jag. I think we got a great winner overall. And he might have been the best player of the whole season. So he's definitely, I think, out of the two of them, I think he deserves a Matt. What are your thoughts on this season? This is your fifth year you've watched now. Definitely my favorite of the season so far. Um, I, I always lean to you and, like, Matt on this. I thought in terms of, like, how it was, like, when you guys first watched, it was probably closer to that than what we've seen, you know, the past few. Obviously, at least in terms of, I guess, competition in a sense. I will say this. The way that the house always banded together always kind of left me a bit bemused. Um, That's kind of boring. But where you do. Yeah, at least in terms of who got to that point, definitely the right guy won. Um, It's always tough to say because, I mean, technically left at what we call the de facto halfway point with the jury house opening up, even though, I mean, it was probably, what, two-thirds of the way through the season, technically. Uh, it kind of flew by at the end there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I thought Cameron and Corey were maybe a little bit more deserving in terms of how they played, but they didn't get to that point. That's part of it, so. Yeah, you got to make it to the end. Uh, it's so, just a lot of records. 100 days was a record. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael, last season. Set their veto record for six vetoes, but then was broken this year by Jack with yeah. seven vetoes, which is pretty. I still find Michaels to be more impressive, though. Yes. Shorter time for him. No offense to Jags, people. He's going against some weak competition, right. especially at the end there. Yeah. It was really Matt, and that was it. But And even then. <laughs> yeah, he didn't win much, but for being an athletic Olympic swimmer. But, yeah, I think watching this season now, I will check out the Olympics and see where Matt's competing. If he gets there. So that will take care of the podcast for today. I just got one last thing before you do the shout-out. Well, well, I'll turn it over to you fully so you can finish up and then go right into the shout-out. I'm shout-out my parents. It's their anniversary on Tuesday. Oh, I didn't know that. 31 years. Wow. 31 years. It's their anniversary on Tuesday. Shout-out mom and dad. The thing I want to lead with you is Maui Invitational next Right. Most loaded Maui, I think, of all time. Mm Where do you think Syracuse is going to end up on Wednesday when we do the show next week? I'm scared. Are you going to be playing Chaminade? Chaminade, seventh place game. I can only hope. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a loaded field. I mean, it's going to be some fun college basketball next week, that's for sure. So, yeah. All righty. Nick, appreciate you as always. Appreciate all of you as always. We will be back next Wednesday, Thanksgiving episode. Who's excited? I know I am. So, uh, we'll talk with everybody then. Enjoy the week, everybody. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>